to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we're here, of course, every Monday night with some of the finest and the best in jazz music. Later on in the show, we're going to be celebrating a couple of birthdays, Uh, one of them We actually celebrated last week, but uh, we'll pay a a short tribute to Count Basie. Count Basie was our jazz feature artist last week with his big band, and uh, we'll do a very short tribute to the great Count Basie, because today, April 21st, Eclipse Day, is his birthday, or at least his birthday anniversary. And the other birthday that we'll celebrate is the birthday of one of the finest trumpeters in jazz music, who was uh, a a great gentleman, and he really was a gentleman, and uh, a wonderful trumpet player who uh, always played with uh, a very original concept and uh, beautiful melodic uh, swinging concept and a lovely sound. He was always unmistakable when you uh, heard him on a record because you knew who he was. And I'm talking about Art Farmer. And today was uh, Art Farmer's birthday. So we'll be paying tribute to uh, Mr. Farmer and Mr. Basie a little later on in the show. But uh, to begin, our jazz feature this evening is something very different. It's not very different instrumentally. The music is going to be a piano trio, piano, bass, and drums, which isn't all that strange. But the person playing the piano had an extremely unique career in jazz music. She was born February 4, 1925, in Leipzig, Germany, which, of course, was um, taken over after the Second World War by uh, the Russians. But anyway, that was the largest city in what was then known as East Germany. And, of course, Jutta Hipp lived during the rise of uh, Adolf Hitler and Nazism, that whole thing in Germany. And she was a very bright child, very artistic. She was very interested in painting and um, would have become quite uh, a wonderful um, artist in terms of, uh, of painting or sculpture. But she also studied the piano, and she fell in love with the magic of making music. And even though she lived under the iron hand of Nazism and Adolf Hitler, because jazz in Nazi Germany was totally forbidden. Adolf Hitler didn't like it because jazz was produced by 
uh, black Americans and Jews and uh, other people that he didn't particularly appreciate. And, of course, he condemned the music. And it was forbidden in Germany. Jutta, um, along with a, a bunch of other young people, formed a little underground club, and they listened to um, bootlegged uh, American jazz records, and she fell in love with that style of music, and this is what she wanted to do. Of course, she had already studied classical music and, and so on and was very, very good at the piano. But when she heard the jazz piano players, whoa, everything changed for, uh, for you to hip. Of course, what happened was um, the horror of the Second World War took place, and eventually uh, Germany was beaten. And her city of Leipzig was given over to the Russians. And, of course, that became East Germany. The Russians were just as oppressive, and um, it was pretty tough for Yuta Hip to uh, survive. And she eventually escaped to West Germany and ended up in a detention camp, uh, and she became a displaced person, or a DP, as they were known. So what happened to Yuta was that uh, she eventually... Um, Somehow she survived, um, and she was playing gigs, uh, not making too much money, but she was uh, at least gaining stature in the small, tight German uh, jazz community. She also, um, in the late 40s, met a young African-American soldier who was stationed in Germany, um, there was uh, the Americans, of course, had taken over the American side, and they they kept lots of troops there, and, and so on and so forth. And um, Utah Hip and uh, this um, African American soldier, they fell in love, and uh, eventually, she became pregnant and had a baby. And sadly enough, the Marriage, they wanted to get married, but it was absolutely forbidden. The army rules for Americans were that they were not allowed to fraternize at all with the German citizens that they were watching over. And, of course, the young soldier being a black American didn't help either. And... Um, they just couldn't, uh, uh, consum they couldn't consummate their marriage. Um, Yuda really didn't have, was, was pretty young at the time, and she didn't have um, enough wherewithal to um, take care of the baby, and she put the baby up for adoption. And apparently, her son is still alive in Germany. We don't know where, but uh, that's, that's the story. Anyway, um, and whoever the soldier was, well, that's, that's history. Nobody knows. Eventually, Jutta began recording with some of the top German musicians, such people as Albert Mangelsdorf, the great trombonist, Hans Kohler, who was the leading tenor saxophone player in Germany at the time, 
Um, and Germany was recovering from the war. Things were getting a little better over there. The country was rebuilding. And, of course, there was a great, great love for jazz music by, um, by the Germans. And, and jazz musicians from America were welcome and so on and so forth. And Yuta was right in the middle of the German jazz community. And she had been recording and gaining some, uh, some fame. And she was heard by the great jazz critic Leonard Feather. Now, Leonard Feather um, wielded a great deal of power in America. He was not only a very good musician himself, but he was the leading jazz critic. He had radio shows. He promoted jazz music. He was Mr. Jazz, Leonard Feather. He was the dean of jazz critics. And uh, he knew a lot of people. And eventually he uh, appealed to Uta, uh, to Utah to come to America, and he would sponsor her, which he did. And uh, he set her up with a meeting with Alfred Lyon of Blue Note Records, and she made a couple of very, very significant albums for Blue Note. They're kind of hard to find, but of course now with the proliferation of the Internet, uh, her music is not that hard to find, including the music that we're going to play for you on the show. She made two. Um, she made two wonderful albums for Blue Note that we're going to hear the, as as our jazz feature, recorded live at the Hickory House, which was the leading uh, piano jazz bar in New York, and of course uh, some great uh, female um, musicians played there, and well, female and male musicians, but they particularly the the owners of. Um, of the Hickory House liked uh, liked the lady pianists, and one of them was Barbara Carroll, uh, who just passed away a little while ago. The other one was Marion McPartland, of course, who became greatly, uh, widely known, and the other one was Uta Hip. Leonard Feather um, really opened the doors for her, but what happened after was very, very sad. Uh, Leonard Feather was married and uh, had a family, but was interested in having an affair with Yuta. Yuta was a very beautiful woman, and she rebuffed his advances. She didn't want anything to do with him that way. And, of course, he dropped her. He really removed all of his support from her and um, all kinds of things. And a lot of doors closed for her, sad to say. And there were some other factors as well. Uh, Yuta suffered from incredible stage fright. And she, um, to sort of counteract this, and, and of course her, her incredible life, um, she drank a lot. And uh, this, this didn't help matters any. But eventually, um, and there were a bunch of other uh, incidents that happened that I'm not going to elaborate on, but it showed the, the pretty chauvinistic attitude of um, uh, the, not the music itself, but some of the people that were running the music. And some, some nasty things happened to her, and she completely dropped out of music. She stopped playing and uh, took a job as a, as a seamstress in uh, a clothing factory. 
And she also um, um, did uh, astrological signs. My friend John Handy ran into her one time, um, and John w- had just started playing with Charles Mingus, and who was in the audience but Uta Hip. And as soon as John came off the bandstand, she rushed up to him and said, You're Aquarius. I want to talk to you. You're Aquarius. <laughs> and John is an Aquarius, uh, was born under Aquarius. And, and of course, uh, he told me the whole story, and he said she was really sweet, and she did his whole chart, and so on and so forth. She was born under the sign of Aquarius uh, herself. Anyway, she did this, and, and she also, um, and, and John said, after she did uh, his chart and, and, and mapped everything out, he said, well, do I owe you anything? And she said, well, you can make a donation. <laughs> and, of course, that's what he did. But uh, that's what she was doing, and um, she virtually, as I said, completely dropped off the, the jazz scene. She, uh, there were only a couple of musicians that kept in touch with her, over the years, uh, after she left the music, one of them was Lee Konitz. Yuta Hip uh, lived to the age of 78. She died April 7, 2003. But by that time, she was totally forgotten. And if you're interested, you can get on the Internet and read about her life. Yuta is spelled J-U-T-T-A, of course, and Hip is spelled H-I-P-P. You could read about her life and, and, and so on. It's, it's most, uh, most interesting and um, sad in some ways and triumphant in other ways as well. So just to give you an idea of who she is, I know it's, this has been a long preamble and we should get to the music right away. She, her first two albums for Blue Note Records were wonderful. They were issued Volume 1, Volume 2, Uta Hip at the Hickory House with her trio. In her trio was bassist Peter Ind. Peter had uh, played with Lee Konitz and a whole bunch of other people. He was from England originally. He's still alive. He lives in England, and he still plays. And he's a wonderful bass player, very, very supportive. Peter Ind on bass. And the drummer you may have uh, recognized or know, his name, Ed Thigpen. And, of course, Ed Thigpen uh, worked with Oscar Peterson for so many years and one of the great drummers. He actually came to Vancouver and played with a, a group of local musicians a number of years ago at Corey Weed Cellar. Ed Thickpen, one of the great timekeepers. So he's the drummer on this. All of this was recorded in one night, uh, April 5th, 1956, at the legendary Hickory House in New York City. The music. We're going to uh, hear a little... Um, lead-in announcement by Leonard Feather himself, who was, of course, at the time still supporting Uta Hip. And uh, that leads into the first tune. It's a great old obscure standard by Fred Marcouche called Take Me in Your Arms. Then we're going to hear a version of uh, that great traditional um, Swedish tune that Miles Davis put on the jazz mat, Dear Old Stockholm. And we're going to hear Charlie Parker Blues, Billy's Bounce, and then a great um, standard tune that all jazz guys play, I'll Remember April. And we're going to go from there to a tune called The Moon Was Yellow, another obscure standard. And then some more stuff by Yuta Hip. So Yuta is our jazz feature this evening. She was born February 4th. 
1925 in Leipzig, Germany, and passed away in New York City, April 7th, 2003. And tonight, this is her music and her trio. Enjoy. Jutta Hip on piano, Peter Ind on bass, and Ed Thickpan on drums. And here is Leonard Feather to introduce her. Hello, this is Leonard Feather. Welcome to the Hickory House here on 52nd Street, and welcome also on the occasion of her first American recording session for Blue Note right here inside the Oval Bar to a young lady I had the pleasure of first hearing in 1954 in the little town of Duisburg in Germany. We finally lured her over to the United States, and with the help of a bass man from England, Peter Ind, and a fine American drummer, Edmund Thigpen, she's playing more piano than ever. Let's say hello to Miss Yuta Hip. Thank you very much, Leonard. The name of the first tune is Liebe weiß nie, that means in English it was never love, or the Americans say it much nicer, they say, take me in your arms. <laughs> Thank you. 
The next tune is a Swedish folk song, and in Swedish it is Akvärmland to Skörna, the old Stockholm.
our bass player Peter Ind is gonna take a solo. He's gonna play If I Had You. Thank you. 
We just heard the music of the wonderful German-born pianist Jutta Hipp and her trio recorded live at the fabulous Hickory House in New York City. All of that was recorded April 5th, 1956. And as I mentioned before in the long preamble, before we started this jazz feature, Jutta had a very short career in America and for a variety of very complex circumstances, she dropped out of music completely before the end of the 1950s. And, of course, she lived a good long life, um, but outside of music, and uh, she had nothing to do with it uh, whatsoever. The, um, she worked for many, many years as a seamstress in a, a factory, and uh, clothing factory. And, of course, she did uh, little bits of artwork and so on, but uh, music, that became history. Sad to say, um, as I said, there were a whole variety of complex reasons uh, for this to happen, and I'm not going to get into it, but she had a very interesting history. It is documented on the Internet. You just have to look it up. J-U-T-T-A-H-I-P-P, Jutta Hip. She was born in Leipzig, Leipzig, Germany, um, February 4th, 1925, and died in 2003. She was 78 years old. She made three records for Blue Note. Two of them we sampled this evening, Volume 1 and Volume 2, from uh, the Blue Note albums, uh, Uta Hip at the Hickory House with her trio, and I felt this was um, a very fine tribute to Utah because it's really the center of what she did, um, her piano trio and, and 
her uh, particularly um, beautiful touch at the piano and a very interesting concept and uh, a very original player. The third uh, Blue Note album she did for um, Blue Note album that she did for Blue Note Records, of course, uh, was uh, with a couple of horns, Zoot Sims and uh, Jerry Lloyd, a very fine trumpeter, and some other people. And uh, we'll sample that uh, album somewhere down the road. That's also an excellent album uh, that she did. And that was her final uh, recording, um, aside from what we heard this evening. And uh, it's very sad that she... uh, she did drop out of playing music because she was certainly one of the most talented uh, pianists to come along for a long time. Utah Hip. We heard her here with uh, Peter Ind on bass, very fine British bassist who, of course, worked with uh, Lenny Tristano, played with Thelonious Monk, um, Lee Konitz, played with all kinds of people, and he's still alive and well in England. He's an elderly gentleman now, but... Uh, uh, with a great long flowing beard, but he still uh, plays and uh, performs and lectures, and 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 he has a whole bunch of archives of his um, career in um, for many years in the United States. Very interesting character, Peter Ind. He was the bassist on here, and the drummer is one who went on to play with virtually everybody, especially Oscar Peterson. Uh, He was part of the Peterson Trio for many years. The great Ed Thigpen on drums, one of the most tasty drummers. So we heard a bunch of tunes. Actually, we heard a dozen tunes from, um, uh, I sampled from both Volume 1 and Volume 2 of this album recorded at the Hickory House. We began with uh, an announcement by her then sponsor, the great jazz critic, Leonard Feather, who introduced the band. And uh, then Yuta spoke, and she introduced the first tune she was going to play. Uh, it's an obscure standard, but a lovely one. It's called Take Me in Your Arms. Then we followed that with the uh, traditional Swedish tune that Miles Davis actually recorded and various other people. It became a jazz standard, Dear Old Stockholm. Then tune number three was a blues written by Charlie Parker called Billy's Bounce. And following that was a great jazz standard that every musician played, I'll Remember April. And then we heard another fairly obscure standard tune, that uh, delightful tune called The Moon Was Yellow. Then we moved into some heavy blues with Avery Parrish's great uh, uh, blues tune that Yuta did in her own way, a tune called After Hours. And then we followed that with uh, a more up-tempo blues written by Tad Dameron called The Squirrel. And then an original, the only original composition by Yuta, dedicated to Horace Silver, a pianist who became her friend and and an influence as well. Um, And she called it Horatio. Then we followed that with uh, a feature for bassist Peter Ind, and we heard Yuta announce it. And it's a tune, old standard, called If I Had You. And the final tune was a Rogers and Hart standard, My Heart Stood Still. Uta Hip with Peter End on bass and Ed Thigpen on drums, our jazz feature this evening. I hope you enjoyed the music of this uh, wonderful artist and um, a great lady of jazz music, Uta Hip.
All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we're going to pay tribute after a couple of messages to something that happened today. Did you hear that we had an eclipse today? A total eclipse? Yeah. So we're going to play some music dedicated to that right after a couple of important messages. My name's Gavin Walker. I'll be right back. Become a CITR member and make some new friends. Members get discounts downtown at Little Sisters Book and Art Emporium, the Cinematheque, the Fall Tatooine, Selectors Records, Community Thrift and Vintage, Vinyl Records, Sakura's Classical Records, and Beat Street Records. What would we do without our friends? You're listening to CITR 101.9. Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. An album which was called Total Eclipse is an album that we're going to uh, sample from right now. It's an album by Vibus, the late, great Vibus, Bobby Hutchison. And the band that he led with uh, tenor saxophonist Harold Land, they made a whole bunch of records together. And uh, they held this band together for several years with uh, different people in the rhythm section. But this particular album is one of the high points of their recorded career. Um, the album is entitled Total Eclipse, and it features Bobby, of course, on, on vibes, and Harold Land on tenor saxophone. On piano, well, Chick Corea, and on bass, Reggie Johnson, and on drums, Joe Chambers. And this is the title track. This is Total Eclipse.
We heard a trio of tunes dedicated to the event <laughs> of the day. And, uh, and yes, it, it definitely was the event of the day. And, of course, that was the Total Eclipse. The first piece of music we heard was entitled Total Eclipse. It was a composition by Bobby Hutchison. And, and the title track from uh, a very famous Blue Note album with Bobby Hutchison and Harold Land, their quintet together. Bobby on vibes, of course, and Harold Land on tenor saxophone. And Chick Corea on piano, Reggie Johnson on bass, and Joe Chambers on drums. And Bobby's tune, Total Eclipse. Then we heard two versions of a composition by Charles Mingus. The first version, the title of the Mingus composition, of course, is simply Eclipse. And the first version is a haunting uh, rendition of that tune by um, Eric Dolphy, who um, played the clarinet on that particular piece, along with Ron Carter on cello, George DeVivier on bass, and Roy Haynes on drums. And that's um, a track from uh, Eric's second prestige album called Out There. And uh, a rather uh, spooky version of that tune. And then we heard um, a version by Mingus himself from his album called Pre-Bird. And um, that was featuring Lorraine Cousins on the, uh, on the vocal. And, of course, uh, the band with all kinds of people. Uh, in it, Roland Hanna on piano, um, Yusef Latif on tenor saxophone, um, and several other people, including Danny Richmond on drums and Charles Mingus on bass and um, various other people in the band, a large group. So two versions of Mingus's uh, haunting composition, Eclipse. So that's our little dedication to uh, the event of the day today. So I hope you enjoyed uh, that music. My name's Gavin Walker. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We're going to continue with some uh, fine music in a few moments. Dedicated to the birthday of one of the great trumpeters in jazz music. I'm talking about Art Farmer. And uh, we'll get to that in a moment. We have a couple of messages, and we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it wrong. I'm about to spit yeah. in this mic like <laughs> freestyle elfin, you know? Okay, okay. <clears throat> Wait, hold on. Does it make sense? <laughs> <laughs> no, but cares? All right, let's go. <clears throat> Finally, we... <laughs> You're not even going to last. Hey. Victoria's Pretty Good, Not Bad Festival, Fountain, just back from France, Montreal. <laughs> what the f***? It's a script. I couldn't even... What? Victoria's Pretty Good, Not Bad Festival, Fountain, okay, just back from France. What are you even saying here? Oh, you're trying to say these are the things featured in this one. You should probably specify that, because even a f***ing elf couldn't understand that, okay? Think you can do better than an elf? 
At CITR, we want to have a variety of voices on the air. Want to write scripts? Do some voice acting? Broadcast your creativity? Volunteer with the CITR production department. No experience? We can also train you in everything required. Send an email to psas at citr.ca to learn more. And don't wait to get your voice on the air. of begging for rides from your friends? Bobby, I don't have time to take you to the soda shop again this week. Lugging those groceries on the bus got you in a sweat? Man, oh man, these bags of salt sure are hefty. Being on campus without a car ain't easy, so check out Zipcar and get wheels when you want them. Join now to get your membership for only $20 at zipcar.ca backslash UBC. We're going to pay tribute now to a gentleman by the name of Art Farmer. Art Farmer was born in Council Bluffs, Iowa on this day, August 21st, 1928. And he died at age 71, October 4th, 1999 in New York City. Art was one of the masters of music. He played the trumpet and the flugelhorn and, of course, uh, was associated with uh, many, many bands. Uh, the art farmer Benny Golson Jazz Tet was one of the finest bands around in the early 60s. He worked with uh, Jim Hall, uh, Clifford Jordan, Jerry Mulligan. We're going to hear art with Jerry Mulligan in a little while. But um, he uh, played with Charlie Parker as well. And, of course, he recorded, uh, worked with Horace Silver, is another one of his uh, people that he 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 was part of the Horace Silver Quintet in the mid uh, '60s, and of course he became first call trumpeter. Art Farmer could uh, uh, read anything that was put in front of him, of course, and and uh, he performed some very complex music with such uh, adventurous musicians as George Russell and Charles Mingus as well, um, and. Um, Art spent uh, quite a bit of time in Los Angeles before emigrating to New York. And uh, he was an extreme... Oh, uh, one big aspect of his career was uh, he made that legendary uh, tour with Lionel Hampton's band. And uh, Art was in the same trumpet section as Clifford Brown, Quincy Jones, and himself, and uh, Walter Williams in that uh, legendary version of the Hampton Big Band. And, of course, that tour was legendary as well. That's a long story <laughs> and another story. But here is, um, we're going to hear the whole album. This came out as on a 10-inch prestige album. And uh, it features art with an all-star New York band, including the up-and-coming Sonny Rollins. And I love Sonny's playing on here. He sounds, uh, he's really aggressive uh, on here, and he's really coming into his own. This was recorded in 1954, early 1954, and it features, of course, Art on trumpet. And Art wasn't a spectacular trumpet player. He had amazing technique and so on, but he never overused it. He always played for musical reasons, and uh, he never resorted to... Uh, uh, playing um, gratuitous high notes or uh, playing fast phrases, um, nothing non-musical. Art was strictly into playing um, well-constructed, well uh, and and well-formed 
uh, music. And of course, he had a very identifiable sound as well. So here's Art Farmer leading uh, a young and uh, very active Sonny Rollins on tenor saxophone and, of course, a cream of New York rhythm sections here. Horace Silver at the piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. And we're going to hear the four tunes that they recorded uh, for this album, the Art Farmer Quintet for Prestige Records. Uh, The first one is a farmer composition called Confab and Tempo, The second tune is a great standard. I've always liked this tune, um, and it's a tune called I'll Take Romance, and it's written by Oscar Hammerstein. And um, the third tune, Sonny uh, doesn't play on it. It's a a feature for art, and it's his ballad. Um, His composition is called Wisteria. And tune number four is um, a tune, uh, the final tune, is an art farmer composition called Soft Shoe. So here then is in its entirety this date, and so we dedicate this to the birthday anniversary of the great trumpeter Art Farmer. So here's the confab in tempo.
We heard four tunes, actually the four tunes that made up this 10-inch, originally it was a 10-inch LP, and um, it came out on Prestige Records, and it was a session led by trumpeter Art Farmer, who we're paying tribute to. Today is Art's birthday anniversary. This uh, wonderfully tasteful player, of course, uh, made a big mark on jazz music, and uh, this was one of his early sessions, and uh, I've always liked this uh, um, particular date, and we heard it in its entirety. All the compositions, um, with the exception of uh, the one standard tune, uh, were all written by Art Farmer, and it featured a young and uh, very aggressive-sounding Sonny Rollins on tenor saxophone, And, of course, uh, a great New York rhythm section. Horace Silver at the piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. And the tunes we heard, uh, we opened with the up-tempo Confab in Tempo, written by Art Farmer, of course. Then the uh, standard tune, I'll Take Romance. And uh, then Sonny dropped out for the tune number three, which was uh, a ballad written by Art Farmer, featuring himself. Um, and the ballad was called Wisteria. And the final tune that we heard was, again, a a farmer composition called Soft Shoe. Now, as I mentioned, Art was a first-call trumpeter. He could play um, some very complex music, uh, ensemble music. He recorded with uh, George Russell and and a whole bunch of uh, very adventurous composers. And he worked with Horace Silver, Uh, When Horace put together his own band, Art was the second trumpeter in that band uh, after Donald Byrd. And um, uh, Art, of course, was a member of, I think, the finest Jerry Mulligan Quartet. Now, a lot of people say, well, the original Jerry Mulligan Quartet with Chet Baker, yes, that was very special. But this particular edition of the Mulligan Quartet, to me, Um, was one of Mulligan's finest quartets. And it featured, of course, the baritone saxophone of Jerry, Jerry Mulligan, and, of course, Art Farmer on trumpet, and Bill Crow on bass, who is still very much with us, and Dave Bailey on drums. And we're going to hear an Art Farmer composition, and he just plays just wonderfully on this. And it's called Blueport. Thank you. 
That was the Jerry Mulligan Quartet featuring Art Farmer on trumpet, the gentleman we're paying tribute to. Jerry Mulligan, of course, on baritone saxophone. Art Farmer wrote that piece. It's called Blueport, set the whole thing up. And uh, Bill Crow, the great Bill Crow on bass, and uh, Dave Bailey on drums. And um, of all the members of uh, that 
illustrious quartet, Bill Crow, is still very much with us, still performing and still playing. Wonderful bass player. We'll return to some uh, Art Farmer to conclude our tribute, but we have a couple of messages we'd like to play for you. And uh, we would also like to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And my name, Gavin Walker. And we'll be right back after these messages with some Art Farmer Quartet where he um, specializes, and he did so for the rest of his life, on the flugelhorn the more mellow trumpet, and it was perfectly suited to uh, his style. So we're going to hear some, uh, uh, a couple of tracks from a wonderful album called To Sweden with Love with the Art Farmer Quartet in a few moments. I got a stack of records here, a stack of records there. I got records scattered all over everywhere, but I'm looking Discorder Magazine has been supporting independent music for over 30 years, and it keeps on living by joining efforts with local music supporters such as Vinyl Records. You can find a selection of Vinyl Records' featured albums on the back cover of Discorder and can support your favorite local bands and artists by purchasing their records. For more information on their vast selection of new, used, and rare music, go to vinylrecords.ca. Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. never <laughs> to tell you about the weather. Of course, we had the big event uh, earlier today. That was, of course, the eclipse. But uh, yeah, we're in for a, a pretty good stretch of weather. Um, tonight, a few clouds with a low of 15. Tomorrow's going to be mainly sunny with a low of 15 and highs between 24 and 27. Really nice. And then the next uh, uh, Wednesday is a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 17 and a high of 22. And then Thursday is a mix of sun and cloud, and there is a 30% chance of a shower um, on Thursday with a low of 12 and a high of 20, a little cooler. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they're calling for one word, and that's sunny. And the temperatures between 11 and 12 and highs between 21 and 25 for those three days, for the weekend coming up. So our midsummer weather is going to continue really nice. So there you go. 
I'd also like to mention a couple of websites, um, and I've mentioned these many times, and one of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, a very comprehensive website. They have concerts coming up, and, of course, they're all on their website, and, of course, they have the complete uh, schedule of uh, Frankie's Jazz Club, which is, of course, Vancouver's uh, one of Vancouver's leading jazz clubs down on Beatty Street. You can make reservations uh, for uh, Frankie's, find out who's playing, when and where, uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, you can do it all on your computer or on your iPhone or whatever. Um, so that's coastaljazz.ca. And of course, there's other uh, venues that uh, are presenting jazz as well. Um, we can't forget Pat's Pub. Every Saturday afternoon, some of our finest musicians play at Pat's Pub from 3 to 7 uh, on Saturday afternoons. And there is no cover charge at Pat's. And some good food, a fine selection of ales or wines or whatever you want to drink, and uh, some of the best music in town. And also, uh, another place to check over on U Street is Blue Martini, and they have um, a lot of jazz at that very nice venue in Kitsilano as well. So those are a couple of things to check, but uh, essentially um, that website, coastaljazz.ca, is very important. And also the website of the uh, Brian Nation, which is vancouverjazz.com. Brian Nation's an old friend of mine who maintains that website, and it's a very comprehensive website. So that's uh, two important ones, coastaljazz.ca and vancouverjazz.com. We're going to conclude our tribute to the great Art Farmer. Uh, sometime in the 60s, Art Farmer switched to flugelhorn, which is a larger, more mellow-sounding trumpet. And it really suited his um, musical personality um, to a T. And this is a very underrated album, but it's a very beautiful album. Art, Art had this regular working band together in the mid-60s with the great Jim Hall on guitar. Uh, Steve Swallow was still playing um, acoustic bass at this time. Of course, Steve later on switched over and became exclusively an electric bass player, but he's playing acoustic bass here. Um, the big bass violin, of course. And uh, the great Pete LaRocca on drums. Now, this album is called To Sweden With Love, and what the tunes here are all uh, Swedish folk songs, and Art Farmer arranged them. Um, so I'm not going to get into the <laughs> Swedish titles because I, I, I would mangle them with the, with the language, and anybody who's Swedish, speaks Swedish out there will have my head, so I'll give you the English titles. The first tune is called Was It You? And um, again, it's a traditional Swedish folk song. And the second tune is entitled, it's got a rather long title, it's called They S Sold Their Homestead. I think that's a rather sad tune. And tune number three, we're, we're going to do three tunes from this album. Uh, tune number three is entitled The Reluctant Groom. So here then, Art Farmer on flugelhorn, Jim Hall on guitar, Steve Swallow on 
bass, and Pete LaRocca on drums. And we begin with Was It You? Thank you. 
We heard three tunes from this uh, wonderful album called To Sweden With Love. And, of course, that was the wonderful flugelhorn sounds of uh, Art Farmer, gentlemen we're paying tribute to, uh, who was born on this day in 1928 in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And uh, Art Farmer went on to uh, uh, a huge long career in jazz music. And this was his working quartet that he had together uh, for quite a while in the uh, 1960s. And it featured Jim Hall on guitar, the great Jim Hall on guitar, Steve Swallow on acoustic bass, and Pete LaRocca on drums. And this uh, album, which consists of uh, half a dozen uh, Swedish folk songs that Art arranged for the quartet, and uh, we heard three of them. The first one was entitled, uh, I'm not going to, as I said, I'm not going to give you the Swedish titles. I could never pronounce them. But um, the first one was entitled, Was It You? And the second tune was called, uh, the sad uh, sounding second tune was called, They Sold Their Homeland. So you can imagine, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a story of, uh, I guess, some people that had to sell their, their farm or their homestead. Uh, and the third tune was entitled The Reluctant Groom, so that's pretty obvious. Anyway, Art Farmer on flugelhorn, Jim Hall on guitar, Steve Swallow on bass, and Pete LaRocca on drums. Our uh, tribute to the great Art Farmer. So I hope you enjoyed some of uh, some choice material um, by uh, Mr. Farmer and company. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Last week, our jazz feature was quite lengthy. It was the Count Basie Band. And um, we're not going to do a lengthy feature on Count Basie. But today is his birthday anniversary. And so a lot of people think of um, Count Basie as... as, um, an okay piano player, but he's a little more than that. And um, this particular piece of music features the big band, and it features his piano playing. And he was, um, you know, people think of Basie, you know, doing the plink, plink, plink thing and doing little tasty fill-ins and so on. But Basie could really play. And, uh, of course, he was, um, had a, a wonderful touch on the piano and, and so on. So he, he's often, um, even though he was a great band leader and a wonderful person, uh, he's kind of underrated as a, as a pianist, much like Duke Ellington is underrated as a pianist because uh, the Duke, of course, was a superb player too. But uh, Basie is no slouch. Um, he was born in Red Bank, New Jersey, and, uh, of course, then he, he headed south and, and uh, spent a lot of time in Kansas City, and that's where he formed his first big band, and then they came back east in the mid-30s and, of course, never looked back after that, and Basie was a band leader uh, from then on. Anyway, this is from uh, a very famous album that was done in the mid-50s, and it features Basie on piano, and uh, the tune is written by Neil Hefty, 
And it features, as I said, the Count on piano, and it's called The Kid from Red Bank. Mr. Basie at the piano. Yeah, yeah. That's called The Kid from Red Bank, and that uh, featured the band, of course, and uh, featured Count Basie's great piano playing. We're going to go back to an early 1951 edition, a little bit of history. Um, The band business went belly up in the late 40s, early 50s, and although um, certain band leaders managed to keep their bands together. A lot of bands just went by the wayside. And Basie himself um, had to disband uh, his big band and uh, worked for about a year and a half with a small sextet um, with different people in the band. They didn't record a whole lot, but uh, in... Around April 1951, things were starting to fall together again for Basie, and he formed a second 
big band, and um, it was called the New Testament Big Band. And this is one of their earliest recordings. And it featured, um, what a great trumpet section, Lamar Wright, Al Porcino, one of the great lead trumpet players in jazz history, Clark Terry, and uh, Bob Mitchell on trumpets. And on trombones, Booty Wood, Leon Kamiges, and Matthew G. Uh, on trombones. And uh, two great alto saxophonists, the lead alto, Marshall Royal uh, and Reuben Phillips. And on tenor saxophones, none other than two legends, Wardell Gray and Lucky Thompson. And on baritone saxophone, Charlie Folks. Uh, Basie on piano, Freddie Green on guitar, and Gus Johnson on bass, and Jimmy Lewis. Uh, Gus Johnson on drums, and Jimmy Lewis on bass. And we're going to hear four tunes by this band, all recorded in one session for Columbia Records in April of 1951. Um, The first one is called How's It, written by Buster Harding, and then a second Buster Harding composition called Nails, and then a Neil Hefty composition featuring the tenor saxophone work of Wardell Gray, and it's called Little Pony, and it's one of Wardell Gray's most famous um, tenor saxophone solos. And the final tune was written by Harry Edison and entitled Beaver Junction. So here then, this particular edition of the Count Basie Orchestra, and we begin with How's It?
Those recordings were the beginning of a new phase for Count Basie, the what they called the New Testament Orchestra. Um, as I mentioned before, Basie had to break up uh, his original band in 1949, and then uh, for about a year and a half, uh, toured and recorded with a, a small uh, group, a sex, an, an, actually an octet, eight pieces, and um, eventually. Um, things came together again, and he reformed his big band, and these were some of their very first recordings. So the big, uh, his new big band was kind of known colloquially as the New Testament Basie Band. And we heard uh, four tunes. Uh, the first two uh, compositions were written by Buster Harding, and um, the first one was called How's It?, and the second one featured the uh, tenor saxophone work of uh, the great late Wardell Gray called Nails. And then another wonderful feature for Wardell Gray was uh, tune number three, written by Neil Hefty, called Little Pony. And finally, um, Harry Edison's great tune, Wrap Things Up, is called Beaver Junction. All of those tunes were recorded uh, in April of 1951, and that was the resurgence of Basie's big band, the New Testament. You know, there's a singer by the name of Ernie Andrews who is still alive. He's an elderly gentleman. Um, He never had, he's so good, and I don't know why he didn't have uh, a bigger career in, um, in music. He was always there. And he was, uh, he's most respected by uh, all the great musicians. And he, um, he toured with Harry James' band uh, for many years um, and did solo work. And Cannonball Adderley took a great liking to uh, Ernie Andrews and made an album with Ernie called Live Session, Cannonball Adderley Quintet with the exciting voice of Ernie Andrews. It says the new exciting voice. Well, when he recorded this, it was, he wasn't really new anymore. It's just that he had not been really discovered and never really did um, uh, establish a major singing career. But uh, he's still with us and still performing. Anyway, this is um, we're going to play a few tunes uh, that Ernie did with the Cannonball Adderley Quintet with, of course, Julian Cannibal Adderley on alto saxophone, Brother Knapp on cornet, Joe Zavanul on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums, and Ernie Andrews singing. The first two tunes, uh, he opens with one um, written by a guy named Mark Jenkin, and it's called Big City. And uh, he's going to follow that with uh, The Next Time I See You, and um, then we'll go to a couple of other tunes. And we turn to the uh, dulcet tones of uh, Cannonball Adderley to uh, introduce Ernie Andrews. First of all, there are people on earth who really can get with Ernie Andrews right down to what he's talking about into the middle of the nitty gritty. (laughs) Now, (laughs) thank you. Since we know this is possible, right now we're going to take care of business. Here's the great Ernie Andrews, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 
There's no place on earth that I'd rather be. Give me the bright lights, big cities for me. I visit the country and I sailed overseas. All I want is the bright lights. Shine, not gold. 
Thank you very much. And now we like to sing a I'm a born world shaker and I'm bound to rise and I got the power yeah little women prize though I'll climb the ladder and it won't take long cause I'm a born world shaker and I'm bit cord strong yeah I'm a born world shaker I'm a rising star and when I get going Yes, I'm gonna travel far So there's some that take me For a country clown I'm just a born world shaker And I can't see now Oh yeah I've just got to pick me a line There's money in banks, I've been told A doctor, a lawyer, that's fine Or oh, maybe I'll prospect for gold As soon as I get me a trade and get these old feet some shoes I'm sure I could lead a parade Yes, in any old town Any old town that I choose Yes, I'm gonna learn my letters All the way to sea Though it's not decided Well, what I'm gonna be, yeah Well, I'm a, a born will shaker And it won't take long I'm a born will shaker And I'm big called strong Pick me a line There's money in banks I've been told A doctor, a lawyer, that's fine Or maybe I'll prospect for gold As soon as I get me a trade And get these old feet some shoes I'm sure I could lead a parade Yes, in any old town Any old town that I choose I'm gonna learn my letters All the way to see No, it's not decided Well, what I'm gonna
but don't be afraid of love. Be afraid of evil schemes. Yeah, the ghost that haunts your dreams. But don't be afraid of love. Why don't you ever embrace me like you promised you would? Are you afraid you might like it? Just a little bit more than you should. Be afraid of catching cold. Afraid of growing old, but don't be afraid. Oh, honey, please don't be afraid. Don't Vocal stylings of the wonderful Ernie Andrews and heard here with the Cannonball Adderley Quintet, Julian Cannonball Adderley on alto saxophone, leading the band with Brother Nat on cornet, Joe Zavanul on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums, all recorded in Los Angeles at the Lighthouse in 1964. And uh, we heard Cannonball's voice introducing uh, Ernie Andrews, and he began the set with a tune called Big City. And then uh, we moved from there to um, another tune entitled Next Time I See You. And then we followed that with uh, I'm a Born World Shaker. And we ended up with this uh, very pretty ballad written by Barry Gordy and Billy Davis, Don't Be Afraid of Love. That's a good philosophy for uh, these turbulent times these days, too. Don't be afraid of love. Ernie Andrews, one of the great uh, vocalists in uh, in jazz music. We're going to conclude the show this evening with a couple of pieces of music by the Modern Jazz Quartet. This was the longest reigning jazz group, the same personnel for many, many, many years. 40 years at least. John Lewis was the musical director on piano. 
Milt Jackson on vibes, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums. We're going to hear two blues compositions written by Milt Jackson. The first one is called The Blues in C Minor, and the second piece of music is entitled The Blues in H, both written by Milt Jackson. The Modern Jazz Quartet.
We heard two tunes by the Modern Jazz Quartet, recorded in 1973. That's from an album called Blues on Bach. And, of course, John Lewis at the piano, Milt Jackson on vibes, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums. And two blues written by Milt Jackson. The first one was um, the waltz, entitled Blues in C Minor. And the second tune was entitled Blues in H, both by Milt Jackson. And that's it for uh, this edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course we broadcast here from the uh, campus of the University of British Columbia, uh, CITR FM 101.9, or on your computer, of course, CITR.ca. And we'll be back next Monday evening with another edition of The Jazz Show. Our jazz feature next week is a wonderful album called Battle Stations, and it features one of the great tenor saxophone tag team matches, Johnny Griffin and Eddie Lockjaw Davis, and uh, some very exciting jazz next week on the jazz feature, which always opens our show. So, uh, And we start at 9 p.m. So do join us. And we'll see you in seven days' time. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy midsummer and uh, all the other things that go along with it. Take care, and we'll see you in seven days. Bye-bye.